0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. We are back with Tech Talk for another couple of weeks. And today is November 28, 2022. And tonight we're all about NUMA Solutions. They've been with us before. So Mike Calvo and Matt Campbell will be with us to talk about RIM. What is RIM? You're going to find out. It is taking a lot of the nation's blindness organizations by storm. And so I will get out of the way and let them go, and they'll be doing a little demo as well. Your questions will be answered. So when that time comes, you can raise your hand and we'll go from there. But first, let me pass it to Mike Calvo from Numa Solutions to talk with us again. And welcome back to Tech Talk.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here and uh, to be able to share just what we consider to be one of the most amazing development experiences really uh, in all the years that Matt and I have been working together. Uh, Matt and I have been developing software for about two decades now. And RIM or Remote Incident Manager is truly taking our community by storm. But more importantly, it's, it's helping us reach out. Uh, the whole idea behind NUMA Solutions is our is preserving the dignity of blind folks uh, and in job settings. And when I say dignity, I mean, haven't you been in that situation where you're sitting, getting ready to do, uh, get, get watching a, a, a person that you work with have a situation on somebody else's computer and you know how to fix it, darn it, but they don't have a screen reader installed on that computer, so you can't do it. Well, with RIM, you can. And you don't even have to tell the person that you're working on their computer that you're visually impaired, unless you want to, of course. But that is just the beginning when we, when we talk about the, the features and the flexibility of the product and just how many folks are using it. Uh, I think that it's going to be a, a really interesting conversation. And I invite you to uh, get your questions together because we're here to answer them all.
0: So tell us a little bit about Rim. What is it? And and you talked a little bit about it, but tell us how that all came about for you guys.
1: Well, I think that Matt can tell us a little bit about Rim and 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 uh, and tell us how. Uh, well, Rim's been around actually for what Matt? F-
2: Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah, um, almost uh, almost sixteen, in fact. Um, so it uh, we 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 released Rim as uh, as a product in. Oh, sometime in two thousand seven, and and it it was uh, it's it's been around for a while. But at the beginning of this year, we decided that the the you know, the environment of of PCs and the internet um, has has changed a lot since Rim was originally developed, and we decided that it was it was uh, time to go back to the drawing board. And uh, and modernize it with yeah, better connectivity, better screen sharing, better audio, um, yeah, better support for for the various screen readers and other assistive technologies that people run. And um, and soon, uh, sometime early next year, uh, we will also be bringing Rim to uh, Mac. Uh, for now, it's for now though it's it's just Windows. But it has been modernized uh, to to go head to head with products such as TeamViewer. Yeah, and- I, I think I, I think I think that's important because we
1: that's the the thing we set out to do is to create a product or to Rim was a very kind of a niche product in in that you know it was for blind people by blind people of course as it is now but we really didn't concern ourselves too much with if a sighted person really was comfortable with using it. Right. And in this particular case from the beginning, and this is the total demonstration of when you build accessibility into the product, when you use the community that it's developed for and it's testing and development and it's deployment, you get a winner, man. You get something that people are excited to talk about. It's, it's, and Matt, you and I have talked about this a million times. You call people up, like, hey, because Matt and I, when we all for all our years together, we never woke up and said, dude, we're doing great. Isn't this awesome? Matt would call me up every morning and be like, is there any fires? <laughs> you know, what's broken? So we're both kind of trained to that mentality to walk into the office every day and say, okay, what's wrong? And you call a customer and it's like, okay, what's wrong? Tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly. The product is life-changing. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it did this. And the other day I was doing that. And Okay, but is there anything wrong? No, absolutely not. What do you want us to change? Nothing. Don't break nothing. Leave it alone. Tell Matt to stay home. You know, so it's, it's really a product. And, and I'm not just talking about from blind folks. We've worked in, or We've worked with organizations that are saying, man, we've had blind IT folks here for years that are doing things now that they've never been able to do. And we have sighted people that are actually saying, you know, blind IT professional, I I can't handle this one. Can you step in on this? And they just walk up to the sighted person's desk, hit a couple of buttons on the computer, and they're working on the remote computer and the remote person is none the wiser. And that folks is just so liberating and so exhilarating and just gives us such a wonderful reason to get up in the morning and go to work. And that's why we're here tonight and we're sharing with you because we need you. We believe that uh, advocacy has kind of fallen by the wayside in certain respects with our community because I understand that we've got iPhones that talk. I understand that every operating system now has some semblance of a free screen reader, but we haven't arrived people. We still got more advocacy to do. And the beauty is that because these companies have decided to embrace our community as part of their market, they've recognized our consumer viability. They've realized our work potential. This is not the time to slow down in advocacy. This is the time to say, hey, you may have not known that I can do name your talent, but let me show you how I do it. Not as a disabled person, or as a blind person or as a sighted person or whatever, but just how I do it. What works for me? These are the tools that work for me. And the outcome is the same. And for those of us who are kind of more mellow about you know Calvo, we, we, we don't you know we, we don't wake up in the morning, you know, being excited before we drink coffee, How do we advocate? We have tools available on our website that help you advocate, let's say you have an employer or an educational uh, an educational administrator or a college professor or whatever that you need to advocate any of our products to, we've created something called the SAC because it's a sack of self-advocacy. It's a self-advocacy kit. And in this sack, you're going to find all kinds of letters and you can go in there and choose the scenario that uh, that fits your situation and we will actually give you the words to say and then you can modify them to your heart's content and some of those letters include letters to ira for example because uh, we're not just coming up with no- things people call us and, hey it would be great if you know ira used you guys so ira said well if you guys want us to use rim then tell the rim people to give us a way to know So we went out and we created a self-advocacy letter for you to send to Ira, and we will be giving all that information tonight. But the technology is really cool. And of course, I'm going to sit back because I could sit here and wax philosophical about how exciting this is, but we're here to talk tech. So let me sit back and let the tech genius handle the tech because I can talk, but boy, can he tech.
2: All right. So I think we should go ahead and do a demo. Uh, do Larry. It, do it. All right. So, John, you ready? Yes. I am. OK, so just give me a few seconds to screen share my I've I've got a virtual machine running. Uh, I've got a virtual machine. Come on. One thing we do not recommend
1: that you do is do. RIM demos over Zoom and use just two computers. We'll warn you right now, it does not work well. So the system that they're using to do this is a little elaborate tonight because RIM has its own built-in voice over IP that really doesn't get along well with Zoom. So just a word to the wise.
2: All right, so I'm sharing sharing the screen and audio from my VM where I'm now going to run RIM and... um, You can, so first of all, RIM is really easy to install. You can get it from getrim.app. And once you install it, it'll, it'll give you a little welcome screen that you can click through. And if you just want to receive remote help, that's it. You're ready to go. And that is all John had to do. If you want to provide help like me, then you log in with your email address, And the first time that you do that, we also ask you to verify your mobile phone number just as a a means of preventing abuse of the system. And then you are ready to provide help. And then in the future, if you want, when you want to bring up RIM again, there are multiple ways you can do it. It's, It's on the start menu, of course, there's a desktop icon, or there is a global hotkey that you can use to bring up RIM, whether you are receiving or providing help. And that is Windows Shift Backspace. So I'm going to press that hotkey now.
3: Remote Incident Manager 3.1.5. Provide remote help. Remote Incident.
2: And I'm running the NVDA screen reader, and that is going to become relevant later in the demo. I will say right now that if if you are supporting another blind person, then it does not matter which screen reader you are running or which screen reader they are running. Uh, NVDA, JAWS, Narrator, and and of course, uh, mix and match. You can be running JAWS while they are running NVDA or vice versa. Um, There is one key scenario where it is necessary that you as the controller, the technician providing help, run NVDA. And that is if you are to be supporting someone that is not running a screen reader on their machine using our remote accessibility module. And in that case, you need to be running NVDA on your machine so that our remote accessibility module can work with that to give you the speech output according to your NVDA speech preferences. So that's why I'm running NVDA. And I'm I'm using it with the with, with one of the Windows voices just because I know that, that that's that's a, a pleasant uh voice option. So let's uh let's get this remote session started. So I'm gonna press tab.
3: Main landmark start
2: voice conversation oh, check. No, shift tab. Keyword edit blank. There we go. Okay. So <clears throat> the way the 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 easiest way to start a support or training session with just any random person that you want to help is first you as the technician choose a keyword and enter it. And the keyword can be as simple as you want, as long as no one else is currently using that keyword to start a session. Once the session is started, uh, the keyword becomes available again for someone else to use. So I'm going to use the keyword, John. J-O. H N and press enter. Sending
3: request. Please wait. Waiting for the other user to enter the keyword. Remote Incident Manager. Provide remote.
2: Okay, so um, John, if you can go ahead and start up RIM on your PC and enter that mm-hmm. same keyword, okay, and I'll press enter.
3: Desktop list. Remote. Remote session and jaws that is it is running on the remote machine
2: and rim has identified the version of jaws that john is running on his machine uh if i just tab around here and we can hear his speech uh at, exactly as it uh, exactly as it sounds to him uh coming through on my machine oh, yeah.
4: Desert button. Desert
2: button. And uh, I can bring up the start menu.
4: Search box edit. I okay, can the search button.
2: And you get the idea. Um, and and the, a, a key benefit of this over, over th- something like JAWS Tandem or NVDA Remote is that there's there's no need for... Well, first of all, as I said earlier, the the controlling and target machines can be running different screen readers as they are now. Remember, I'm running NVDA and there's no need for the screen readers to try to synchronize their configurations. Uh, so yeah, the, yeah, if, if you've ever used JAWS Tandem, you'll you'll know that jaws on your machine tries to switch to the same speech configuration as jaws on the other person's machine that we we don't do any of that when you're when you're supporting someone else who is running a screen reader we just send the audio across because modern audio encoding is really good in terms of both bandwidth and latency we can we can just send the audio across and it's high quality and not just screen reader audio either but any audio that is playing on the on the remote machine, and um, I'm 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 ad libbing here, but John, if you, I don't know if you have a quick way of just like playing some music on that machine. So uh, it's probably not going to come across in Zoom. Let's not bother with that. But uh, suffice to say that uh, the audio comes across in high quality stereo. So. So you can, you, 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 can, you can play music on the remote machine, and it will come across beautifully. Now, before I continue, John, I know that you have had to use TeamViewer before um, to receive remote support. Um, how, how was RIM compared to TeamViewer in terms of getting the session going? RIM is a lot faster, especially with the problems team viewers have these last
0: several months. So RIM is, is much quicker to get started and
2: uh, a lot simpler to use. Yes, thank you. So now I'm gonna move on to the next Check, thing that I, Go ahead. Check is in the mail. ha. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, I'm gonna move on to the next thing that I wanna demo. And um, I'm going to uh, unload JAWS on John's machine. No screen
3: reader is running on the remote machine.
2: So RIM just told me that no screen reader is running. So now if I open the RIM menu with Windows Shift Backspace.
3: Menu selected submenu.
2: And I'm going to down arrow.
3: Minimize session M1 of 10.
2: This, by the way, is what I would use if I need to do something quickly on on my local computer, uh, but I want to leave the session there to come back to. Um, And and I I can go through more of this menu later, but I'm just going to down arrow a few times. Flip
3: session F2 of 10. Start voice conversation V3 of 10.
2: That is something we do not want to do in this environment.
3: Start remote accessibility of 4 of 10.
2: And now I'm going to start the remote accessibility module, which is what you would use when you're supporting someone who does not have a screen reader on their machine, like a sighted person.
3: Start remote desktop list, remote incident manager 22 of 81.
2: And it came right up. And now I am hearing speech from John's. I'm, I'm hearing speech output of what, what is on John's machine, but John is not hearing speech. So I can go into his start menu again. Start window, search
3: window, search box edit blank. Start list, toggle start navigation menu items collapsed, activate to show or hide labels. All apps list, number grouping.
2: And so on. And I'll back out of there. Desktop list. And John, just to confirm, you are not hearing speech right now, right? That is correct. So what that means is that when you are supporting a sighted person, they don't need to have their attention drawn to the fact that uh, that that you require a screen reader. Um, they they can be none the wiser. And so that, that that gets back to the theme of uh, dignity that Mike was talking about earlier. So now I'm going to open the RIM menu again so I can talk through some more of these options.
3: Menu selected submenu. Now down arrow. Minimize session M1
2: of 9. Uh, so we already covered that one. And there is also a hotkey. Uh, a, a hotkey for that specific option. I'll keep going. Flip session F2 of nine. Um, I won't demonstrate this simply because the with the current screen sharing setup, uh, we are sharing my audio and not John's. But what this allows us to do is if if I if I had connected to John to provide him some, some training say, but, uh, but now I want to show him something that I've maybe some piece of software that I've got on my machine, but he doesn't have on his, I can temporarily flip the session around so he can uh, start controlling my machine uh, for as long as I let him. And, and I, as the controller who initiated the session remain in control and can uh, flip the session back or disconnect it whenever I want. Uh, the flip both ways happens really fast, only you know, half a second or so. So you can you can just you know, flip the session, do you know, let let the you know, show the person whatever you want them to see on your machine, and then either flip it back or or end it.
1: Matt, if I could jump in for a second, because this is a just an anecdotal story about what you're showing right now with the flipping. We have a customer, uh, a VR organization, that actually uh, uses this sometimes when, and I, I heard a story about one of their clients that are potential clients that they actually were, but they were geographically challenged from where the where the counselor was. They actually were able to connect to a family member's machine uh, that had no no information no no you know no tts on it no no screen reader no nothing and actually hand the person who was being evaluated virtually hand them a keyboard to a machine that had jaws and had zoom text and had all of these different tools and and actually be able to demonstrate to that person remotely virtually and without ever impacting any machine how it would be to be visually impaired and return to the life that they knew as a sighted person using a computer. So that's how quick these connections are. That's how similar to sitting in front of a machine. This is we get reports. I mean, for, for the techie among us, uh, 99 milliseconds is the absolute longest that we allow that we consider to be a a reasonable connection time, but many of our connections, because we're peer-to-peer, and Matt can go into further that if he wants, but because we're peer-to-peer, the latency is just so darn low that sitting on a machine, whether it be across the street, across the world, is just as similar as being sitting in front of it. And the applications that we're seeing organizations use for being able to save on remote travel, just because of this flipping feature alone, being able to remotely demonstrate software and things like that. It's just miraculous. It's, it's really cool.
3: So. All
2: right. Let me keep going through this menu. Oh, sure.
3: Start voice conversation V3 of nine.
2: Now, if I were to do this here right now with, with me being on Zoom and connecting through a virtual machine, it would be messy. But uh, what what this option means is that if you're you remotely supporting someone, um, we have we have uh, voice over IP, uh, voice chat built right into Rim itself, and it's it's modern voice over IP with with echo cancellation and all of that good stuff. So even if they're using speakers or you're using speakers or both, um, it can deal with that. And and of course the, uh, the 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 voice conversation feature integrates with the remote audio output that's coming back. From the target machine, so that uh, so that you uh, you don't hear yourself echoing back. Um, so let me keep going. Request unattended access. U four of nine. This gets into one of the really powerful features of Rim um, for for anyone who has a Rim subscription, and we'll talk more about pricing later. But for now, I'll just say um, Rim has a free tier you can uh, you can use it to provide support you know, to provide help of whatever kind through a keyword based session like the one we're doing now for up to 30 minutes per day but if you have a rim subscription then you can also gain unattended access to uh, to machines that you want to be able to connect to at any time And there, there are multiple ways to set up unattended access. um, And, and we, we can talk about, talk about more of that later, but uh, if, if you're doing a keyword based session with somebody and you and they decide that, uh, Hey, we want to set it up so that I can connect to this person at any time, you can do it right here. Um, You give their machine a name. It asks them for confirmation that, 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 they have you know, that you have their permission to uh, to connect to the machine unattended at any time and that's it you're done after that you can connect to their machine anytime without without them having to uh to be there to uh, to to connect the session
3: reboot and reconnect r five of nine
2: this is uh one of the, this is a really convenient feature of RIM, where if you're working on somebody's machine and you, you need to reboot it for whatever reason, but you're not done yet, uh, you can reboot the machine, and and then and then RIM will, uh, will reconnect when the reboot is done. And you can either do it through this reboot and reconnect option here, or let's say you're running an installer of some kind, and the installer itself wants to reboot the machine you can just let it do that and rim will prompt you if you want to reconnect afterwards and and uh, this this is a really powerful feature of rim because it it means that if you're troubleshooting someone's assistive technology setup and and you need to let's say you need to uninstall and reinstall jaws first oh, of all no if <laughs> yes uh, and first of all, if you were using Jaws Tandem, you wouldn't be able to do that because as soon as you uninstall Jaws, your means of access to the machine would be gone. But with Rim, uh, you can. Uh, okay, uh, my 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 phone is bugging me about something, but uh, it, it'll wait. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, you whether whether you need to uninstall and reinstall Jaws. Or, or even you know, run through an update of Windows itself. Um, Rim will be there waiting afterwards. And Brian Hartgin, uh, one of our one of our beta testers and early customers um, of, of this version of Rim, has in fact done that kind of thing in his tech support uh, sessions with his customers. So again, reboot and reconnect. is is a distinguishing feature, I think, of RIM.
3: Send Control plus Alt plus Delete six of nine.
2: If if for some reason you need to uh, send Control Alt Delete to get to the secure desktop where you can sign out or switch user or whatever, you can do that through this menu option. Of course, if you were to actually press Control Alt Delete it would go through to your local machine. That's that's like one How of the it? nope. <laughs> that's one of the couple of keystrokes that Windows always grabs for itself. And the other one would be lock the target machine L7 of nine. Windows L. If you need to send that through to the target machine, because maybe maybe, maybe your company procedure is you lock the target machine when you're done before you disconnect, you can do that here. Connection details C8 of 9. This is where we geek out about how the connection itself actually works. As Mike mentioned before, it's peer-to-peer. And what that means is that whenever allowed, by the networks on the two on, you know, by your network and the target users network, um, rim. So rim always goes through our cloud service to coordinate the, uh, the connection to, to, to get the two sides of the connection in touch so they can negotiate with each other and get connected. But, um, whenever possible. Um, after that coordination step is done, uh, the uh, the two sides of the connection connect directly to each other using uh, whatever the, you know, the the shortest, most optimal route that that the internet will allow, um, and 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 that means, for example, that that if I'm here in Wichita, Kansas, and I'm supporting someone else who is also in Wichita, Kansas. Then it doesn't have to go all the way to Virginia or Ohio and back. Um, and 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 in fact, if 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 I and the other person are on the same internet service provider or the same corporate network, then the connection doesn't ever have to leave that network. So that's peer to peer. If if the network configuration for whatever reason doesn't allow peer to peer. Then we have a network of relays um, at locations all over the world, um, uh, basically, uh, well, five continents and uh, and and uh, several several different locations, and um, and we will automatically uh, figure out which of those relays is the closest. And 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 you know, the best one to use. And note that uh, whether the connection is peer to peer or whether it goes through the relay, um, it is always encrypted end to end. So even when it's going through one of our relays, we cannot snoop your your connection is private. Um, we 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 do collect anonymous uh, metadata about. Uh, uh, session about session usage and and connection details. And in fact, some of the data that we collect is the data that you can view through this connection details option on the menu. And it will tell you whether the connection is going direct or through a relay. It'll tell you the the, the IP addresses of the two sides of the connection, how much data has been sent and received, and the latency. So uh, let me me just go in here real quick and see what the latency is. Uh, So.
3: Heading level one connection. Heading level two controller. Ping round trip time. 86 milliseconds.
2: So. Eighty-six milliseconds round trip latency—that's not bad. Um, By the so, way, now, let me let
1: me let me jump in real quick and, and kind of give this in perspective. So yeah. let's say, and this is one of the things that Jonathan and Brian love so much, and and others of our customers in uh, in, uh, in other parts of the world. But using Tandem, and this is not a beat up on Tandem session. We 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 love our friends over at Vespero, and and uh, Tandem is is a, is a great product for what it is but we need to call things as they are. And the fact is that if Jonathan was working with someone in New Zealand, his packets need to travel all the way back here to the United States and then come back to New Zealand each way for both sides of the conversation, for both sides of the the support. So that is going to just astronomically raise the uh the the travel time of these packets and the latency and that does make a difference because we're going to make the happens, connection
2: feel sluggish
1: yeah and and you may lose keyboard keyboard uh commands i mean there's a million different reasons why latency is so important i'm glad you showed that matt are you are you currently on a relay with john um or are you are you peer-to-peer can you tell uh,
2: let me
3: see bytes received bytes sent network type ethernet local address local transport type srflx uh
2: okay okay this this screen is still you know really raw <laughs> but um uh, and then we'll 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 polish we'll polish this up sometime soon but uh let me just double check
3: remote address remote transport type srfl okay
2: srfl that, that that's that's a, a really esoteric web, RC, web RTC thing. It's it stands for server reflexive, but it is going direct.
1: Okay, so there you go. So that's and that's if, if through, it, it, uh, I mean, and that's and, through and, the VM and everything, which is yes.
2: Cool. And in my defense, um, when it is going through a relay, it says relay. So. <laughs> um, okay, so let me escape out of there. Uh, Remote session document. There we go. Remote access. So I'm just going to. So, and, and the last option on the menu is of course
3: disconnect session D nine of nine.
2: So that's what I'm going to do. Desktop list. And, um, John, uh, John, I know you didn't hear anything, but, uh, we we were pretending for this latter part of the demo that you're a sighted person without a screen reader. It does pop up something visually on the target user's machine, uh, saying that the session has ended. And if if the target user is running a screen reader, then there is also a spoken or brailled uh, notification. Uh, John, uh, feel free to start up Jaws again. The remote accessibility module automatically shuts down as soon as the session is over. So, so that's it. It's gone, and uh, that is the end of my demo. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen, and uh, I think uh, I think I'm going to hand it back to Mike now. And it's me again, the Energizer Bunny.
1: So. <laughs> I just, uh, th- this is so exciting to watch Matt work uh, remotely and and to see the the different stories. We have some really, because nobody likes to be first, right? So you're saying, man, Mike, who who's using this thing? I mean, it's popular. We've got lighthouses using it. Wisconsin, Wisconsin Council of the Blind, Perkins School for the Blind, Iowa Department for the Blind. Industries for the Blind and Visually Impaired, the NFB is using the technology. Computers for the Blind, one of the most amazing programs that, that we've ever seen, is actually loading RIM onto every single computer that it sends out the door. I mean, we, we have this in, in, in the in the public sector, the Spring it's Springfield Housing Authority. Springfield Housing
2: Authority in Massachusetts. Yeah.
1: Northern Arizona University. Hey, German. Herman. <laughs> Partaging Consultancy, of course, Mushroom FM, the list goes on and on. So don't be afraid to contact us at www.numasolutions.com That's P-N-E-U-M-A solutions.com. And you can read about RIM there. Or if you want to take it for a test drive yourself, just go to getrim.app. That's getrim.app. Now, just so there's no confusion, you get 30 free minutes a day to support someone else. But if you need support, support is always free. We're never going to charge you to get support. Uh, So install it, have it on hand. And when you need that help, whether it be from a family member, from a friend, whether you're reaching out to an organization that's already using RIM, it's there, it's available to you. I think that we're about ready for any questions, be it from uh from you, Larry, or from any of the uh the folks uh in the audience.
0: All right, Ron, maybe you can help us with I know we have at least one hand, and I'll bet you now that we've mentioned it, there'll be others. So, Ron.
4: Okay, uh Bobby is the first hand up. How much um, money is a uh,
5: RIM?
1: Basically, you're you're supporting someone else. Packages start for keyword sessions. Uh, packages start at ten dollars for an incident, which basically means, hey, I need this person to support me for you know for a couple of hours, go on my machine, do some work, whatever. It's ten bucks. If you are a person that's going to work on several machines in a day, but you don't want to commit to a subscription, you can pay twenty dollars for what we call a day pass. After that, we get into uh, professional accounts, which are. Catered to computer professionals, to IT professionals, and people who do uh, support for organizations. And that is $99 a month or $999 a year. And that includes one controller and then an unlimited number of targets and one channel, which is basically like saying one session at a time. Uh, The personal, and we have enterprise stuff, which I'm not going to get into here, but we do have various pricing and it's available on the website for enterprise and and all that kinds of good stuff. For personal accounts, let's say, uh, let's say Bobby, you had a couple of machines at your house and you came over to my house to hang out and you wanted to log back into your machine to see what's going on in your machine or to play something for me to listen to, or to download something to my machine or whatever, just to check in on your network. Um, Or let's say you have a remote radio station that you control You can, for as little as $5 a month per machine, you can log into those machines and totally control them. It is a different operation. And if you need a little bit further explanation of what they mean, uh, that doesn't, but but basically subscriptions go from personal, for personal machines to professional. And then for the kind of in between, we have the day and the incident passes. Uh, by the way, one of the things that is coming in the product that we want to make sure that for more for historical sake and documentation, so when anybody listens, we are in November of, of uh, 2022, as they said at the top of the program. But we, uh, when you hear this, you may want to go look and see if we have included Braille uh, on, the, um, on the target or, or from the target machine to the controller machine. Uh, because we want to be fully inclusive, we do have our blind deaf controllers in mind. And that will be something that in the next in the next year, uh, within the next few months, you will see uh, coming out is braille. Uh, we are waiting to uh, work with JAWS for Windows. Uh, as a controller, we can't do it yet because we need participation from Vispero and they're busy folks. But uh, we will at least have it through our own remote accessibility module which will allow a deafblind person to fully remotely control and communicate with a person with a person who has no AT installed on their machine and of course uh, being that uh, they're deafblind they would be using text chat but those things are coming to the platform in case you were wondering any other like- questions
0: Mike, while we're waiting for questions, with technology evolving as it does and sometimes really quickly, what kinds of things do you anticipate perhaps bringing into the mix as it relates to, to this particular product over the years?
1: So one of the things that we've been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of buzz about just as pe- with people asking is session recording. Um, we think that this is particularly great for training. Because if I can connect with you, do a voice over IP session and start training you, and then you can go back and review that uh, and have everything in just beautiful stereo uh, and beautiful sound. And also for folks that need to monitor their remote employees, uh, it will be full audio and video, not video like we're going to turn your camera on and show people what you look like and all that. But for example, if I have a technician that is working on remote machines and I wanna know what they're doing, I can actually pull that session, I will actually be able to pull that session up and play it back in real time and see what was done on the machines. And of course, when we introduce that, we'll obfuscate things that, uh, that don't pertain to the session. So we'll make sure that we keep everybody's privacy. Uh, the other thing is just, uh, you know, we, well, we, we already have uh, remote, uh, not not remote, but uh, uh, unattended access and two different types of unattended access, both with and without permission. Uh, Mac is a big one, and we're doing that. We, we anticipate for Mac to be released by March of next year. It will go into beta, uh, hopefully, uh, at sometime in February uh, late February, early March. Uh, but by the end of March, it should be out at least, uh, in a public beta form. And, uh, I don't know there, there's, uh, you know, th- like I said, I keep calling people asking what's wrong and they say nothing. <laughs> so we don't want to, we don't want to break what it, we don't want to fix what isn't broken.
4: Uh, Mike H has a question.
1: Good evening. I was wondering, um, are you allowed to send files using RIM? For example, if I wanted to give you a document to read after a session was closed, could I send it
2: to you and put it on your machine? And then when the session's closed, you go ahead and read the document. Thank Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yes. That's, that's a really cool feature, too, because what you would do, for example, is you remember how Matt demonstrated to minimize the session? So you would go, you would minimize the current session, the remote session. In other words, you'd go to your machine, you'd copy it to, you'd copy the document to the clipboard with a control C the way you would normally. And then you would flip, you know, alt tab back into the session. And then you could just pick a place to drop it. You could drop it in there. You can just do a control V and paste it into their documents folder, paste it onto their desktop, whatever you want to do. And it'll be there when you leave. But you could do that with tools too, with an executable, with, with anything that you want to run on that person's machine that's on your machine.
4: It looks like Myrna is next.
1: There so you.
5: I, I installed, I haven't played with I have installed it and I'm looking at the manual. Manual is great. Really, really looks, you know, really very detailed, very good. So anything that, you're controlling someone else's computer. So any keystroke that you're doing you're, you're actually sending that keystroke to their computer
2: Yes the uh, the only exception to that is the window well uh, well like I said earlier the, the control alt delete or Windows L you don't want to do those because uh, Windows will grab those but right. the the windows shift backspace to open the menu um, uh, other than that, yes your keyboard is locked in. To the remote session, and and everything that you do will pass through to uh, to the remote machine until you until you escape out of that by opening the menu, and because because we we understand that uh, that when when you're running a screen reader or they're running a screen reader, um, we 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 need to be really um, specific about what happens with uh, with with you know, keyboard commands and and any any command any key press that you do uh needs to be allowed uh, directly through to the target machine without also um affecting the state of your local screen reader and and this is this is one of the things that distinguishes us from uh TeamViewer and the like
5: yeah this is good because what i was thinking was sometimes you want to go in and you want to optimize, JAW, let's say, jaws or NVDA for somebody. You know they're having problems. So anything that you you can send actually jaws commands and get there and you know do their settings or you know absolutely. Whatever. Now they can they hear. So it's, say that you're training somebody. You want to show them. Let's say, okay, I want to show you how to go to the setting center in jaws. So when you do it on their machine. Can they, he- they can hear what you've done?
2: Sure. Yes. Yeah.
5: Okay. And the other thing is, can you, w- the audio that you're hearing, like when you were doing it with John's, you were hearing John's audio, but you can't hear through your own audio, what's going on. You're always going to get the other, the other person unless they're not running a screen reader. You get,
1: you get both. You get, you, you do get, get both. yeah, you get both. I mean, your, your machine, the only time that you're going to use the remote audio the the remote access accessibility module is when uh, when the other person is either not running a screen reader for some reason because it's broken or whatever um, or they just don't want it yakking in the background because they're doing something else and you're working on their machine or um, or or basically if they just don't have a screen reader installed otherwise you're welcome to run on the remote machine you can run narrator if you want to you can run nvda you can run system access you can run whatever because all you're doing is just, as Matt said, listening to their straight audio feed. Uh, but your machine, anything, any notifications, anything that happens in your machine outside of the session is still in your, you know, on your side. They can't hear okay. it, you know,
2: unless no. it bleeds through but your it, you know, you, microphone
1: or
5: something. But now if I'm running JAWS and I have a Braille display right now, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, you know, remoting into someone else's computer, I'm not going to get Braille.
1: Not yet. Not till, not till you okay. contact Vespero and say, I
5: want this. I want it. And I'll tell you why. Because sometimes it's easier to look at the Braille than to really hear, the, you know, to maybe hear the audio. Sure. Words, if I've got a Braille display, I, you know, sometimes I'd rather look at the Braille, like, wait, I want to hear that line again. And I don't want to repeat that line because then they'll hear it on the other side. But If I had Braille, you know, I can just look at my Braille display.
1: Well, we're, we're hoping, we're hoping, mm-hmm. I mean, and, 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 I get it, you know, and again, you know, we're, we're, there, there are buddies over at, at uh, Yeah. you know, we're, 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 it, it's kind of a co-opetition thing, right? You know, they provide, they provide tandem for that purpose. And their, right. their answer would be, why but wouldn't you just about, use tandem? I, 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 but like, what, what about NVDA? Because NVDA, what about kind of convincing them? Well, we, we, we don't need to convince them. That's the beauty of open source, right? We that's right. why the we remote- can do it through our
2: NVDA add-on. And yeah, yeah I, and I, I I did for I did forget to mention um, I as the controller was running NVDA with the RIM add-on, which works in conjunction with our remote accessibility module. So yes, we 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 will have uh, braille flowing from NVDA uh through you know, to on the target machine to NVDA on your local machine through our add-on likely before we have it working with jaws we just yeah. haven't quite gotten there yet
5: see and that's a good that's a good, that's a good deal for, for I
2: mean, what
1: well, what he meant was through our remote accessibility module on the remote machine
5: yeah. well, well
1: to NVDA either. on the local machine
5: the, right. on, the only flaw i see in this now There's only one thing that I see, and that's if you get somebody who's completely just cannot go to a website. Can I mean you could, you know, if they do email, you could email them the link. Okay, I want you to take this link, you know, and it will download. I can see a problem with that, but I can't see any way to get around it. The only thing is, you know, get somebody in there to install it for them. And once it's installed. You know, you're good if you're an IT. You know, if you're an IT person, you know, working for an organization, no problem. I I mean, I can think of family members or even, you know, people that I work with where I'm teaching them JAWS or teaching them NVDA are going to have a problem installing it. Well, there is
2: there is one thing you can do to streamline that a little bit um, once you have a uh, RIM uh, Pro or Enterprise subscription, and that is what we call. A, a target installer where you create an installer that is pre-configured to register any machine that it is run on as either an unattended target machine where you connect to it at any time, or oh. what we call or what we call it prompted target where where you choose to connect to the machine and it does a little pop-up that asks them to confirm that you want them to connect. And and so with it with with that kind of pre configured installer, um, we give you a link uh, to that specific installer that you can then email them. Yeah. Um, and and as long as they can get through downloading and running the installer, I mean we can't yeah. really do anything about that Another part of chance. it. No,
5: can't. The only other thing that you could do, which which would be fantastic, but but probably not going to happen, unfortunately, is you know Microsoft or whoever installs it as part of you know, as part of what gets installed. I mean, you know, how you get computers with dopey games and you take well, off those dopey games.
1: As far oh. as, as, I'll tell you, as, as as remote a possibility as that may sound like, that's, that's uh, actually something that we have reached out to the Microsoft Accessibility oh. Group. And we have said to fantastic. them, hey, a lot of blind folks are installing this on their machine. And I believe it's uh, uh, Quick View or something like that. Quick Assist. Quick Assist. Quick, that yeah, they use. Assist. It's yeah. a great product, but you still have to enter numbers and do this yeah. and do that. Yeah. And this if be, blind, yeah. if blind folks got Rim on their machine anyway, uh, wouldn't this be a great idea? So they're actually mm-hmm. looking at it. I certainly don't want to speak for Microsoft and and or 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 say that they're doing anything that they're not. We have reached out to them, and uh, they've said we'll pass this on to the appropriate people. But again, you know, this is where, as I was saying earlier, advocacy is so important uh, because we, they, you know, why are they going to go put the corporate time and and, and resources into implementing something if we as a community don't say, hey, we want this. So this is where we invite you to go to numasolutions.com forward slash RIM. There's a link uh, there to the self-advocacy kit. uh, Or if if you you
2: prefer, there's there's one directly on getrim.app
1: yeah yeah
5: no but it's i mean it's fantastic the whole the whole i mean the whole idea of it it's so much easier in tandem and i've played with tandem and you know something happens you got to reboot and then you oh try to get that connection and you got to be running the same version of jaws that they're running and if you're not you got problems and then they're running one synthesizer you're running another it's you know it's a good idea this is so much going to be so much easier yep and, and have... so much easier to help i mean how many times I'm sure you guys have done it where you have a family member who, you know, they're not, they're not blind, but they need help. And you, you know, if you went over there, you'd even throw narrator on there and you do it, but you're you're in Brooklyn, they're in New Jersey or in California and, you know.
4: Okay. A phone user area code five one zero. Hi, uh, Steve Nelson here. It's a very exciting development. I wanted to ask you, Two questions, if I may, one expressing a small concern and one the other expressing a great hope. The concern is, do I have any reason to worry about security in the context of uh, unattended uh, access uh, without permission?
1: Well, only the only way you would, as far as a third party, no. Um, as far as the person, I mean, obviously we can't, you know, if you're letting dishonest people onto your computer, we don't know. But no, um, as far as we go, the only, we we do... A, Serious amount of authentication for a controller, so it's not like I can just get somebody's uh, username and log into their account and then go after you and go for your machine. It takes a lot more than that. Uh, there's we use two you know two-factor authentication, uh, we use encryption on the on the system, and if you even remotely feel that there is a problem with somebody having unattended access to your machine, but you don't want to go through the whole keyword thing, then you can always use prompted unattended access, (laughs) uh, which just basically when the person wants to, when you want them to access their machine, a little window pops up and says, Hey, Mike wants to control your machine. Is that okay? And you say, yes. And you know, the session goes on.
2: There's also a feature, excuse me. There's also a feature of the pre-configured target installers I was talking about earlier that I forgot to mention and that is for um, so it's it 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 can be different if if the installer was created by an organization with an enterprise subscription for those we do allow uh, silent mode but for regular pro subscribers when you as the target user run that installer it pops up a confirmation dialog that says oh, uh, Myrna Voda. Uh, th- this this installer will allow Myrna Voda to uh to access your uh, to remotely access your computer at any time. Do you want to allow this? And when you
1: don't want it anymore, you can simply go in and revoke her access. So right, you know, or and dur- at any time during a connection, you can kick the person off. You know, so wow. there's, there's a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of safeguards built in there for you as the, uh, as the target. What was your other question? That's re-
4: yes, very, very reassuring, and I would never re- revoke murder access. <laughs> My other question is, uh, 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 it seems to be an almost transcendent solution to a very chronic problem, which is obviously the shortage of uh, uh, available and sufficiently skilled people to provide the kind of setup assistance and ongoing technical support that uh, uh, blind people using assistive technology in various job settings need, but I'm wondering also whether or not it provided the, the opportunity for blind people to increase their penetration in jobs involving the provision of technical support uh, to non to non
2: blind users. Uh, well, that's, that's exactly that's, yeah. what the remote accessibility module is for. Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly what we're after. As we've said, you know, the the I think the biggest compliment that we've gotten. Um, We just, we just, uh, we just brought on the NFB and the person that was one of the people that was heavily involved in the testing for the NFB before they bought the product was a sighted person. And they literally said, you know, this is such a great product to use. I love this. There's no latency. The screen is just clear as day. Um, And, you know, we had sighted people and blind folks working on the same system side by side, and no one was the wiser. It was just based on, were you able to support the remote user? Whether the remote user had AT installed or not, whether the remote user was sighted or not, whether the, tar- whether the controller or the technician needed assistive technology or not, it, it didn't matter. It was just a support, su- a support situation. So I agree with you. I think that this is going to really uh, increase the possibility And the and the and the ability for um, visually impaired and sighted IT professionals not only to work on the same platform but also to compete for the same levels of jobs, uh, right on the level playing field.
4: What a wonderful step toward equality. Thank you very much, and good luck.
1: Thank you very much.
4: (laughs) Okay, our next is uh, phone user area code nine fifty one. Are you, so are you the same as Sarah with the movies and all the different reading dev- you know, and the scan, Dr. Scan and all that stuff. And if someone has a problem, is there a phone number to call uh, for uh, some Sarah issues? And also uh, will there be rim on the, uh, you said, iPhones maybe. And, and on, on Android phones. Thank you.
1: Uh, okay. Um, well, thank you. First of all, yes, we inherited Sarah from Sarah tech and Sarah uh, is a love project that Matt and I continue to support. Um, it's not a huge moneymaker and that's not really what Sarah is about to us. Um, I think it's safe to say that NUMA is, we provide enterprise level solutions that happen to have consumer components as well. Uh, we are looking at as uh, time and uh, resources provide, uh, in just enhancing the Sero product. Uh, we're currently working on a browser, an accessible browser that Cero will work uh, in. And that should be hopefully at some point during the next year, again, as uh, resources uh, provide and allow. Uh, as far as the Android phone or iOS for. RIM. We don't really see a case for it at this time. Uh, the next big platform for us will be Mac. But uh, the phone number is eight six. Uh, the phone number for support uh, and customer service uh, for uh, any of our products is eight six six two zero two zero five two zero. That's eight six six two zero two zero five two zero.
4: And this is for zero issues as well, correct? You yes, it sure. Is. Thank you very much. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you, welcome. Nancy. And a big thank you both to Matt and to Mike from Numa Solutions. Another terrific presentation. And we've learned a lot and look forward to seeing what happens in the future. Before we actually do wrap up, let me ask you one more time for people who would like to contact you in the future. What kind of contact information can you give?
1: First of all, we we um, we don't want to make this a very big you know, a huge organization, so it's real easy. You can reach us by email at mike.calvo at and I'll spell that in a second, or matt.campbell at numasolutions.com and that's P-N-E-U-M-A solutions.com. And, uh, and of course, there's, you know, the support and info and all that there. There's also a contact form right on the website at numasolutions dot com. Our blog is there. We choose not to be on. We've chosen not to be on Twitter a long time ago, and it's proven to be a good decision. Uh, we are looking at Mastodon and how we may be able to incorporate that because we're old timers and we 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 love uh, we love the uh, social uh, social networks when they were really social, <laughs> and uh, not anti-social as uh, many of them have become. Uh, but uh, Numa Solutions is the place to go for information about all our different products, getrim.app, that's G-E-T-R-I-M.app is the place to go and download RIM. Uh, Just the direct line to RIM is there. And uh, don't forget our Scribe products that are available on the website as well. Scribe for documents for augmented document remediation and Scribe for meetings or remote meeting uh, remediation.
0: Excellent. Thank you both. Good stuff. Enjoyed it tremendously. Thank you so much for having us again. We love coming. Next week, I'm not sure what we're doing. It's not Um, confirmed yet. It's not confirmed yet. And so. We'll be working on that. On the 12th, the good folks from Hadley will be here. And that'll be our last presentation before we wrap up the year. And then you'll join us in 2023 in January, and we'll continue again. Thanks so much for being with us. And join us next week, because there will be a Tech Talk, and we'll uh, put it out as soon as we have a confirmation. And thanks so much for being with us on Tech Talk.